this is Jan Swift, and you're listening to Discover Lafayette, a podcast dedicated to the people and rich culture of Lafayette, the gateway to South Louisiana. We tape Discover Lafayette with the support of Raider, a managed IT service provider that offers world-class service, including cybersecurity, communications, and technology support. With Raider, you have just one vendor and one number to call, allowing you to concentrate on what is most important, your business. For more information, visit RaiderSolutions.com. This episode is also made possible with the support of Lafayette Travel. No matter what time of year it is, if you're visiting Lafayette or you're a local who wants to find interesting things to do, visit LafayetteTravel.com to learn more about our festivals, local restaurants, outdoor adventures, day trips, or Cajun food tours. Today, we'll be focusing on the Lafayette Parish Bicentennial that we're celebrating this year. Lafayette Parish recently kicked off a year-long celebration of the Bicentennial when the state legislature carved off the western half of St. Martin Parish in 1823 to form a new parish named after the Marquis de Lafayette. Two years earlier, in 1821, Jean Mouton donated a parcel of land to the community, then known as Vermilionville, for a courthouse and a cathedral. Mouton became known as the founder of Vermilionville, that in 1884 became the city of Lafayette in honor of the French Marquis who fought in the American Revolution. Our guest is Sammy Parbu, who is heading up the series of events throughout 2023 that will honor the history of our parish and look to what the future holds. And I know many of you may be familiar with Sammy, who just served as 2022 president of the Festival International Board. Sammy, welcome Thank to you. Discover Lafayette. Glad to be here. Thanks. Yeah, I'm so glad to meet you. Yeah. Um, we've not had this pleasure, and we're sitting here in the beautiful um I don't even know what the building is. It's still the International? It is, the International Center. Center yes. uh, at the corner of Jefferson. Such a historic spot. Mm-hmm. Downtown Lafayette has got so many things going on now, but this was always the hub of the growth exactly. of our city and parish. So um, congratulations on being selected to help run the events this year Thanks. so we can all learn more about our history. Yes, I'm learning a lot about the history through this. Mm-hmm. It's been really, really amazing. So we have, we're looking at older photos as well, trying to show through time the evolution of Lafayette as a parish, because it's the whole parish as well, and the city itself. So it's been really interesting, and the more people I meet, the more I learn about the different communities and cultures mm-hmm. that are here mm-hmm. that make this place so great. Right. Yeah. I looked on the downtown Lafayette site, and I guess that's what you're talking about. There's a rich treasure trove of old photos and history going back to the early, early settlers, yeah. the Native Americans that were here. Absolutely, and that's what we're trying to do with this bicentennial celebration is, you know, we have a lot of festivals. We love to party here, and it's mm-hmm. great. Don't get me wrong, but there's so much more to this area. And when you start going through the history, you learn how we got here. Mm-hmm. What makes this place so great? Well, now you start seeing the influences of the different communities. And so our goal is to really celebrate these communities and share their stories and their history as well mm-hmm. of the other than the stereotypical thing we always hear about, you know. Right. It seems like if you live in a town and you don't really know the history, you know, it, it can be hard to grasp what's so special. And we talk about Lafayette Parish and our region as being special, but what what do you see as you look back? Like, I want to get into the events and all, sure. but the more you've learned, what 
what are you seeing? What what has come to mind for you that that sets our region apart? Um, first of all, there are different communities that have been here a lot longer than I thought. Like the Lebanese and the Jewish communities came in the like mid eighteen hundreds mm-hmm. and had a huge influence on the area as well. Uh, I think also I don't know where culturally it came about, but there's so much more cross blending here of the cultures. People got along in ways in the deep south more so here than a lot of it's like an oasis of that Mm -hmm. and whenever that happens it's like a major port in the world like the most interesting place in the world tend to be like port cities like barcelona you know there's places like that around new orleans of course Mm -hmm. but this is kind of has the same feel and it's because there are a lot of people that came together like you mentioned there were the takapa the ishak people you had different tribes that were around here you had the Spanish Trail, you had the French settlers, then the Germans came as well. Of course, African-American influence on everything, which played a huge influence, really, in a lot of what we call even Cajun. Mm-hmm. So it's such an amazing thing. But they worked together. And, you know, sure, there were problems. Sure, there, historically, there's some issues and all that. But for the most part, there's such beautiful things that came out of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, culturally, cuisine, music, it's amazing. Yeah, I recently interviewed two women that wrote a book about the healing plants of mm-hmm. South Louisiana, Mary Perrin and Beverly Fuselet, and they taught me about how the, the Native Americans really taught the Acadians yep. about the healing plants that were here. And you know, I didn't really take a deep, deeper dive in, but to think about those cultures, they probably didn't have any much in common as far as language or anything, yep. but they, they coexisted. Peacefully, exactly. And the Acadians had survived so much mm-hmm. that I can see that they wouldn't want to persecute other people yeah. that were moving in. In particular, the Lebanese, as you're talking about sure. the Jewish communities, because they came here because they were being persecuted. Yeah, in many and ways. the Lebanese came here, and some of the Jewish uh, families also came. They came from parts of the world that spoke French. Mm-hmm. So there's, uh, I was in Montreal, and there's a big Lebanese community there as well. Why? Because that's their natural language, so it was very easy for them to assimilate and learn and do be able to do business quicker than other parts of the U.S. So they came in here, and it's like a huge influence as well, mm-hmm. you know. Right, right. Well, tell me about yourself before we jump into the events, because I understand you had a busy year last year being president of mm-hmm. Festival International Board. What's your background, and what have you been involved in? Um... I love Lafayette. So I've been, when we moved back, my wife and I moved back from the D.C. Metro in Florida in 2008. And right away, we wanted to be part of everything and help as much as possible. One of the things that makes this place so great is all the volunteers, our community volunteers for everything. That's, you know, when people ask me what makes Lafayette great, that's one of the things that are top of the list. Because just like Festival International, Festival Acadien, there's so many festivals and events if you go, you'll see most of the people working are volunteers. They're doing it because they mm-hmm. care, and it makes our community so great. So seeing that, we wanted to be part of that. Festival International was the reason I moved to Lafayette. So I, um, It I was. Mo- yeah, I moved uh, from Kuwait. I was living in Kuwait till I was 13. So in the mid-'80s, I came to Baton Rouge, of all places, and uh, didn't feel connected to that place as much, you know? I love Baton Rouge High, which is amazing. I went to Baton Rouge High Magnet, which is a fantastic school. My mom went there. Oh, I love that school. <laughs> Way before I you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, that was a very special place. Yeah, but, Baton um, Rouge High, yeah. We came, I want to say the first or second year Festival International to visit Lafayette mm-hmm. for that festival. Mm-hmm. And right away, I got the feeling culturally it was different. It was more like the Mediterranean culture where 
you see the whole family together. You see grandparents, uncles, aunts, kids, different ages, all hanging out together. And I was like, this is how we are in my culture. And I felt so at home, so welcoming. People would just be like, oh, you got to try what I just cooked. Here, try this, try that. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is fantastic. So it stuck in my mind. And then when I had to choose between LSU or USL, I got scholarships to both in petroleum engineering, of all things. Um, and that was a time when it was in a lull, probably. It was. It was like, yeah, it was, it was the 80s, mid-80s. Uh-huh, like, Things yeah. were starting to kind of quiet mm-hmm. down. But there, you know, there was Still always, a need be, for it. always yep. be a need for it. Mm-hmm. And I got a full scholarship. So I was like, I'm going to come. And I wanted to come to Lafayette. So I chose USL. And then uh, my sophomore into my junior year, I saw a film by Fellini, and it changed my life and decided I wanted to do film. What film was it? It was Eight and a Half. Oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah. it's a fantastic film. It was I've never seen a film like that. So it affected me very deeply and decided to go into the arts more. And I always had an artistic side. I played music, I write poetry, do artwork. So it, it lent into that. And then, you know, life takes you all over the world with all different kind of situations mm-hmm. happen from different things that happen in your life. And here I am now. Yeah. Well, you're a family man? Yes. Where did you meet your wife? We met. I was living in D.C., and she was still living here. She's from Lafayette. Oh, cool. And uh, we met at a graduation party for one of my friends. I came down for it. We met and connected very quickly. We started Mm -hmm. writing letters to each other. And then I asked her six weeks into knowing her, like, would you want to go to Morocco with me? Because I was working with, for United Airlines and oh I could fly for cheap. Of course. And she said yes. yes. I was like, whoa, I didn't expect her to say yes. I was just being polite. But you learn you went. a lot about somebody. Oh when, gosh, when you travel? Especially to a country you don't know. Like I speak Arabic, but they speak a different Arabic. So it was tough linguistically and all that. And I just knew then. I was like, oh yeah, this is the one I'm going to marry. Oh my gosh, Sammy. Yeah. It was yeah, beautiful. Yeah. So you came back here, you said around 2008. Yes. And you've been active in mm-hmm. the local scene. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you still play music? Do you? I do. I play bass now uh-huh. since COVID. I, I was a guitar player, but um, wasn't fantastic at guitar, but I found my soul in the bass. I mm-hmm. love it. Mm-hmm. It's been my part of my religion now, yeah. just playing it. So you're bringing some skills that we really need for this. This is a huge, this is a huge year. Yeah. for Lafayette. I'm so glad we're taping this early in February because, like I said, not only can we learn about our history, but I'm sure there's some fun things mm-hmm. coming up that we'll want to know about to schedule. So I don't know if you want to just start talking about the big picture sure. and then drill in onto <coughs> events we should look for. Yeah, so there will be a lot of things. And it started January 17th was the official Bicentennial Day, and we uh, raised the flag at City Hall. Mm-hmm. And from this point on, we're, we're trying to collaborate with events that are already happening because it's only one person really trying to do a lot of things. And um, so we're partnering with all the different festivals that already happen as much as we can, help sp- uh, present a certain special band, like something's going to happen at Festival of National that's going to be great, uh, do different things with the different festivals. And the way to know what's going on, the best way is we have, it's called Lafayette1823.org. Okay. okay. Lafayette1823.org. It's um, a one page, you know, one. It's on, online where you can just see everything that's going on throughout the year. We'll keep adding stuff, you know. Things. These are the stuff that's already been planned, but more things will be added to it mm-hmm. that we're going to be working with. And as much as possible at all these events, especially the bigger ones, we're going to have a partnering with the UL Mass Communication Department 
and they're going to be recording stories of people. We are going to have signs like, come share your story about Lafayette Parish, living in Lafayette Parish. So uh, we did one uh, recently, which was for Black History Month, mm-hmm. uh, at uh, <clears throat> Jefferson Street Pub, and recorded Chubby Carrier telling us how he grew up. Different stories, like so that people get a perspective of what it was like. Um, you know, some lady, I won't mention who it is because she'll be embarrassed, but she was telling us how she used to swim. They'd, uh, her dad would mow the ditches in front of their uh, house on Moss Street, and they'd swim when the rain, when it got rainy, they'd swim in there, and mm-hmm. it was like the most fun. They had their own swimming pool. Stories like that. So people remember and recognize the history that we've had. The basic stories. We don't have to talk about the big grand things only, but the everyday today, what was like, where did Johnson Street really end and it become just farmland and all that? Right. I mean, since I moved here, like in 1990 till now, it's been a crazy amount of development. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So wanting to reach out to people who are even further back and from different communities and how they saw it from their perspective. It's not all, you know, beautiful and amazing. There's some things that were tough and yeah. some things that we've n- needed to deal with. And that's good to know as well. I think it's an important part of mm-hmm. dealing with your history is knowing everything. Right. I want you to check out my website, discoverlafayette.net, when you were talking. I thought about one interview in particular with Gerald Judice, mm-hmm. with Judice Inn. Okay, You yeah. know, that's right there in the middle, like near, near UL, but that used to be out in the boonies, is what they said, in the 40s. When exactly. that was opened up, you know, Lafayette was such a different place back then. Yeah. It's, and that's it's not amazing. that long ago. I know. It sounds so far, it's not that far back. Mm-hmm. I saw a photo. We're collecting old photos that we're going to show. I'm sorry. I was saying that UL students are going to be recording stories, mm-hmm. right? So we're showing old photos as well. And we found one of uh, the Hyman, not Hyman Center, I'm sorry. It's the oil center. Yeah, Maurice area. Hyman. Mm-hmm. Maurice Hyman, what he developed. And the first photo is like eight buildings and then just farmland. Mm-hmm. It was a nursery. It's amazing to yeah. see now what it's become and all that. Mm-hmm. So... I think it's important to know all that, yeah. to get a feel for it, you know? He was, to me, one of my biggest heroes. Maurice Hyman, I had an opportunity to give a talk on him, so I really dug in deep to get to know his life. There was very, there were very few pictures of him. Mm-hmm. Everything that was left, though, were the monuments, that, not with his name on it necessarily, but just the things he helped build. Yeah. But the oil center in the early 50s was the, the reason that I think Lafayette really, its growth really was spurred. Yep, it was brilliant. A brilliant mind, Mm -hmm. a philanthropist, like he really cared about his community. It's so important to have people like that. Yeah. Uh, there And there are a lot of people like that in Lafayette. Yeah. And really, and um, they all contributed in their own way. So somebody can volunteer for a couple of hours, somebody donates. We have a lot of people. Yeah great business people here who really care and that's their way of doing it. You know, they don't have the time but they have the, the money to help boost certain things and mm-hmm. it's fantastic, truly. So around the events that you said you're gonna piggyback with festivals and all, are there any big events for the community or is it just gonna be smaller things through the year? It'll be mostly like piggybacking on things, but we're I'm trying I'm planning a talk at the ACA in May, May 9th, to have members of the different communities all in one place to have a talk so that it'll be uh, members of the Ishaq Atakapa, oh. the Kanechi Lepam, uh, the Creole community, uh, Barry Ansele represent the Acadian culture, and so on, the Lebanese and the Jewish communities, and hear their different perspectives through the years of what they know. And I wanted to do it all at once because a lot of times people come out for the talk about their own community. Mm-hmm. And they're proud of it, which is fantastic. But 
it's great to know about the other ones and the influences. So this is going to bring a lot of people together who might not have listened to each other's stories. Mm -hmm. And that's an important thing. And I'd like to have that recorded so we can share it with the school systems for them to share with the students because that to me is a very important thing that I'm trying to do with this thing is share that history with the younger generations. Let them know what we have here. Be proud of it. And now you add to it. Right. Help us keep this going the way yeah. it is. I was hoping this would be in the school system, too. I'm looking forward to May 9th. Um, and I think you're right. We don't always know what we don't know. Correct. Until you can get together. I'm learning so much. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm loving the whole process of doing this. So we're doing that. And then we're trying to plan things towards the fall. I don't want to say anything yet because I don't know how realistic it's going to be. But some kind of similar thing where we bring all the communities together and celebrate us as one mm -hmm. somehow. Right. That'll be another goal. Right. So you're going to be in this position throughout the year. Do you need volunteers? Are there things you're going to need help with? Really would love some volunteers, actually, yes. Um, Always. <laughs> especially at the festivals to just, man, we're going to have tents. Like I said, UL students will be recording people's uh, stories, et cetera. And, uh, but to have people there to show the, the photos, to just be at the tent, to be a, a voice that they can talk to people, mm -hmm. especially for tourists and people coming in town who know nothing about it. I think it'll be nice to have people and see that hospitality, have that one you know, face saying, hey, welcome here. This is, this is um, the town of Scott from, this, from its times to the present. And that's the thing. We want to make sure we celebrate all the different communities as well around us. Right. Part of the parish. Well, Ben Berthelot and Lafayette Travel have made this interview possible. And yeah. I know they feel very strongly about what we have, not only for tourists, but for people that live here Absolutely. all year long. So I want to thank Lafayette Travel and Ben for, for making this possible because we, we had never met. And uh, this is something that I can just tell you through all the interviews I've done with Discover Lafayette, the more I learn, the more I love this community. And yeah. I want to see others experience that. Exactly. That's uh, my goal. I feel like mm -hmm. I always try to do that for people because I genuinely love that. I've lived in a lot of places around the world. I've traveled to a lot of the places around the world, but this is my home. Mm -hmm. You know, even if I one day could move somewhere else, this will always be my home. Always, always be come your back. Home. Absolutely. Yeah. Love the people here. I remember my first day at work, Sammy in the courthouse back, it was 1983 after law school. And Lafayette was really French. You know, I'd grown up in Baton Rouge, and I was shocked at a 50-mile journey, yeah. how different the culture was. And it's exactly what you said. People were so welcoming, and they still are. Yes. But a lot of people, the bailiffs and all, spoke French. Mm -hmm. It I was uh, very much an Acadian village at that point. It was. And, and I mean, like, if you we're talking about how it's not that far back, like my wife's grandmother, before she passed away, was telling me how, you know, that generation spoke French at home mm -hmm. only. And they'd go to school and they'd get beat for, for speaking French and they'd have to speak English, you know. So it was only in that generation where it became a, sh a shameful thing to speak French and they so started trying to hide it. And then there was this renaissance in the 70s and 80s yeah. and all that to like, hey, go let's to be Phil. proud, go to Phil, yeah. you know. Let's be proud of our heritage and all that, which which is a great thing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Do you have Codafil involved in this also? They will definitely be helping us as well in certain ways with uh -huh. translations and all that for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, you mentioned Ben Berthelot and LCBC. They've been such a huge, huge help to me. I must give some props over there. Their art department and Ben has just been fantastic. Mm -hmm. Great to work with and 
like you said, very passionate about it and really cares. It's great to have people that really care about what, what they're doing. Yeah, Ben's in a good spot, too. He does yeah. so much for our community. For sure. Is there anything that you'd like to mention that you thought I might ask? Um, no, I just encourage people to go to lafayette1823.org to, to uh, keep in touch about what's going on. We're going to have a Facebook page. We do have a Facebook page, Lafayette 1823, okay. where we're going to post photos from the different events. So you can also keep up that way. See what's going on. See, it's fun. You know, you'll have mm -hmm. a place to see what's happening, and maybe you, they can be part of it too. Good, good. Yeah. Well, Sammy Parbu, thank you for taking time. I know you're busy, and uh, it's just a pleasure being in, with you Absolutely. in this beautiful building. And I want to thank our listeners too. Thank you for your loyal support for following Discover Lafayette. If you haven't, please visit our website, discoverlafayette.net. You can see Sammy's interview along with about 300 others. And if you haven't subscribed, please consider doing so wherever you get your podcast. I also want to thank, from the bottom of my heart, Ben Berthelot and his support with Lafayette Travel for our podcast. He actually, Sammy helped us get started back oh, in 2017. He wow. saw the value in promoting our culture. And we couldn't tape this without the support of Raider, and in particular, Jason Sikora, who mixes our tape and makes it sound professional. On behalf of Discover Lafayette, thank you for listening. This is Jan Swift. Thank you.